What about now? It's time to rock with the bigger debunk. Bumble. What about now? It's time to rock with the bigger debunk. Bumble. Bump to the bump to the bump to the bass. Bump to the bump to the bumble. Bump to the bump to the bump to the bass. Bump to the bump to the bumble. Bump to the bump to the bump to the bass. Bump to the bump to the bumble. Bump to the bump to the bump to the bass. Bump to the bump to the bumble. Bump to the boot to the boot to the boot boot. Welcome to Ultra 64. We are the internet's comprehensive Nintendo 64 podcast. Each and every week we are discussing video games from the Nintendo 64 console. We play them randomly, and we talk about them randomly, and you listen to them randomly, and my name is Steve Gunley. Righto, Steve. I am beekeeping enthusiast Woody Siskowski. Chip Cheerio, and who else is joining us today? Uh, I'm Jeremy Hatfield. Welcome back, Jeremy. Always good to have you, and uh, we we'll always find the weirdest games for you to play on this one, so... Uh, <laughs> We oh, are... Well, I believe Jeremy does that upon himself. Um, he requests to be on these games, so... Yep, <laughs> for various reasons. We've got, we've got Woodrow here with us. <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I will drop my accent for now. I'm Damn sure, it. I'm sure oh. he will come back. I wanted to see but, how long you're yeah, going to keep sustain. that up. Oh, man, this week we're excited because we were talking about Buck... Bumble. Now, what the heck is Buck Bumble? I didn't know before this, but uh, this was our... a special, a special pick from last week. Steve is like, "Oh, we need to play a game." Would he pick a game to us to play? And I'm like, "We're gonna play Buck Bumble." You know, I have and been curious about this game forever. You're making a lot of our listeners happy, actually, because weirdly, this has been a very requested game. Uh, we've, you know, we've had the polls every 25 episodes or so where people can select the game. This one almost won a couple times, so people really want to hear us talk about Buck Bumble. Um, I don't necessarily understand why. I feel like this is a pretty minor game, but it's got kind of a weird little cult following, right? Bees have that effect on people. Yeah. The the bee movie and now the bee game. Bee bee humor is like a thing right now for like, it's actually a plot point in the new like Wreck-It Ralph movie. Like, like. I don't know. He's he's trying to like win likes and get viral videos, and so he's trying to do all these different things. And what puts him over the top is a bee video, like a bee pun. <laughs> and I didn't really get what it was, and I think it's all stemming from the bee movie. Like like the millennials really are amused by that movie and like to mess with it because it's so strange. Like there's lots and lots of videos of different ways to interpret the B movie or like different ways to mess with it. Like every time you say the word B, it gets faster, and, and it takes like three minutes to see the whole movie yeah yeah it's ridiculous because they say it so much and it just gets like escalates and escalates well i mean it's a movie with an odd premise in which a b voice by jerry seinfeld falls in love with a human woman yeah it's like sonic 06 but like for the 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 big screen you know yeah some interspecies romance uh i mean so we're not talking about the b movie though we're not talking about the b movie but uh we should talk about do we have favorite video game bees (gasps) Uh, Can we think of it? I mean, I, this is the, we were we were thinking about, it, and the only B games where you play as a B that we could think of was the B movie game and Buck Bumble and TikTok Woods of Banjo Kazooie. That's yeah. right, yeah, the Banjo Kazooie level. You have one level as a B. You turn, yeah, Mumbo turns you into a B. Um, in Mario Galaxy, you get the B suit where you can fly around, and that's one of like the lesser used uh, suits, I think. And that's well, Mario like, Galaxy is so like. They use the suits like once per yeah. level, and they're like, "Okay, you're not seeing that suit anymore." Like, Literally, you use yeah. The cloud suit is done. Like, you want to see that again? No. I forgot that there was a ghost suit in that game yeah. because it's literally one level. That, that you game play with has it. so much content. It's amazing, like how much content they made that they only use once, and that's right. why I like that game so much because yeah. every planet is super different. Yeah, 
Um, I think my favorite bee in video games is the the bee at the beginning of Earthbound that just comes from the future. Yeah, it's like you got to stop the great evil. That's a good bee, and That's it's a, a good. Bee. It's like a good comedic piece because he's like this high powered super being to save the galaxy, and then people just kind of smack him out of the way. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. That, that's a good bit. Um, uh, yeah, I really have. I have a fondness for the um, Donkey Kong Country bees. Yeah, because they are. Very scary, and I mean, I guess I don't have a fondness because they are very annoying, but like they're effective in terms of like their buzz is very ominous. Okay, yeah, there's yeah. like three kinds of bees in that one. Yeah, right? there's invincible bees and then invincible bees that you can kill with barrels, and then bees that move. But then, like later, they instead of having just spikes, well, then there's a giant saws. bee. Mm. I don't think there's ever buzzsaw bees. Maybe that's in the third one. Maybe. Oh, could I be. Don't know. I'm going to go with the bees from uh, Smash Brothers uh, because you can throw like a beehive at somebody oh, and then yeah, the bees will swarm right. around you and will attack you for a really long what time. What is that supposed to be from? Oh, to God. Be from. I want to oh, say it's, Animal Crossing. N- it might be Animal Crossing. It also looks a lot like the one from Link's Awakening. Um, okay. Like it's the same kind of honeycomb design and and the bees do that in that game as well. So um, that's my guess. But it could be uh, uh, Animal Crossing as well. I haven't spent much time with that. Uh, Buck Bumble. Let's talk a little bit about this because... Yeah, what the hell is this game? Why well, does this exist? Buck is a uh, a weird instance of a character, one of the rare characters that only appears once. One time, one game on one system. There were no sequels, there were no ports, there were no remakes. And we were struggling to try and think of too many characters where, like, they don't get any other chance or at least reported on multiple systems. What about uh, Starshot? Starshot has one. Yeah, Starshot's yeah. one, definitely. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think we came up with what, what were the good ones we came up with? Artie Lightfoot was one. Yeah, Lightfoot. Jeremy had a lot of go. Plock for the Plock. Super Plock. Nintendo. Yeah, Wild Woody. Wild Woody's a great one. Yeah, where um, you play as a pencil. It's a Sega um, CD game where you play as a pencil. Yeah, pencil that shakes his little butt to erase yeah. things. I'm also there's another Sega CD game called Flink. Flink. That sounds made up. There's probably a lot of Sega CD games that only appeared once. Yeah. Yeah. Doctor Muto only had one game, but that was multi-platform again. So I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, I'm sure there's been tons oh, of these uh, games. Mole Mania. Mole Mania. I'm not familiar with that. That is one. a Shigeru Miyamoto game for the uh, Game Boy. Oh shit. Uh, where it's like a puzzle platformer type game. Not really a platformer. But yeah, Top it's down. more of a puzzle. I don't think you play as a mole, do you? You do. Okay. You play yeah. as a mole. Um, I. He might have an appearance in like as a smash trophy or something. But okay. Other than okay. That, I don't think he ever appears in anything else. Interesting. Yeah, it's, I'm sure there's a ton of these games that we just don't remember them because so often, if a game, I mean, I feel like if these mascot games are even a little bit successful, people are going to capitalize and you know. Oh yeah, everyone a, was trying to be the next like big crash, thing, crash like the next Bandicoot. crash, the next Mario, yeah. the next yeah, something. You, got, you like, know, Spyro the Acrobat has. Yeah, even yeah, Arrow. Those games suck, and there's two of them. There's two yeah. of them <laughs> and a spinoff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's ridiculous. Uh, it, there was only one Captain Nobelin game. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. But he's part of the Rex Ronin verse. Yeah, so I think he's, he's part of the ed- edutainment universe yeah. with Packy and Marlin. Yeah, that's from the, the Bronchiosaurus. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where you? Yeah, I don't remember. Bronchi and yeah, you learn about the harms of smoking in Bronchi the Brontosaurus. Yeah, I believe. that's it. Yeah, yeah. Captain Nobelin teaches you about uh, the way to handle your diabetes. Oh, uh, Henry Hatsworth. Oh yeah, yeah, that man, that game delightful. is hard as shit. Like for like a delightful little puzzle platformer game, it is so hard. I'm convinced that's the last good thing EA did. Really? Okay, I would argue. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. I don't know what I've played of theirs since then. Anyway, we're way off on a tangent, but like, it just seems odd to me that like 1998, and you have a cyborg bee that's heavily armed and still cute and still like fun for the kids, and then you never got another one, you know? Uh, and 
It could just be because the game's not very good, but <laughs> well, honestly... there plenty of not good games. We played sequels. worse. We played and... Vigilante 8 too. Yeah, yeah. Vigilante 8 1 was not great yeah. either, so yeah. Well, let's talk about Buck Bumble. So Buck Bumble was released September 30th, 1998, developed by Argonaut Software and published by Ubisoft, and it is an and N64. produced exclusive. by Jason. <laughs> by Jason? Yeah, he's J- Jason and Argonaut. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I am so slow right now. That yeah, took okay. me forever. To no, I didn't, I didn't time saying. it right. <laughs> uh, so Argonaut Software, Argonaut Games, they are uh, uh, a, a, something we need to talk about because they're a big deal. They're a British developer uh, responsible for one of the biggest games of all time, a little game called Star called Fox. Buck Bumble. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so the company developed the original uh, Star Fox and the long belated sequel that came out on the Super NES Mini Classic, whatever it's called. I always get the order of that wrong. Um, and they helped Nintendo kind of pioneer this early 3D technology. Uh, but things fell apart between the two companies. Uh, Nintendo opted to scrap their almost completed Star Fox 2 so they could focus on Star Fox 64, yeah. which they left Argonaut out of. And then when uh, Nintendo passed on uh, Argonaut's attempt to make a 3D Yoshi platformer, uh, which they thought was pretty groundbreaking at the time. So uh, that kind of soured things between Argonaut and Nintendo. Argonaut went off and turned that 3D Yoshi game into Croc, uh, oh, Legend of the Gabos. And uh, that sold reasonably well for Argonaut, so they did okay. Uh, and the company sold, had a few more hits. Uh, most noteworthy, uh, the two Harry Potter games, the first two Harry Potter games on the PS1 that were based on the movie. And uh, But then they had a couple of high-profile flops like Catwoman, based on the Halle Berry movie, and Alien Resurrection, which is kind of a sought-after collector's item these days. Uh, I don't know. Last time I saw it at the retro store, it was like 100 bucks. Um, but that game was like heavily delayed. Like I think it came out three years after the movie Alien Resurrection, and like so nobody played it when it came out. Uh, yeah, the profits started going downhill. Their last game uh, was the troubled 2004 platformer Malice. Do you guys remember Malice? Uh, you play as like an angry goth girl, right? Kind of, yeah, yeah. And the, the big the big hook for that one was that uh, there was going to be a she voice hooks, work by... Hooks Gw- hands. Yeah, exactly. That was the big hook. <laughs> she had two big hooks. They yeah. were on the ends of her wrists. Uh, no, the big hook for that was that Gwen Stefani was going to be voicing the main character. Oh, okay. But the game got caught in development hell for too long. Gwen Stefani dropped out, and they'd finally just kind of unceremoniously plopped onto consoles, and that was the last game they ever did. Um, so yeah, it's a shame because uh, they they did some really good stuff with Star Fox. You know that was a great game. And it's a long time ago. Like it was if a long you time like that, you know the and also the first Super Nintendo Star Fox is a very impressive game, um, but it's not super duper fun now. Like no, it and, doesn't really hold up as well. And I think that Nintendo certainly came out ahead with the scrapping of Star Fox Two for Star Fox sixty four because Star Fox Two. You know, the you can only shoot shapes on your system for so long before you want them to actually look like something. Yeah, I don't know. True. Geometry Wars exist. Yeah, oh, that's, that's a good true. point. They're that's up true. to like four Geometry Wars games. Yeah, I don't get tired of shooting them shapes. Yeah, uh, so, those are high D- HD shapes. Oh yeah, no, they're way better shapes. Yeah, I mean, of, okay, let's rank shapes, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> circle is definitely the best shape, right? Octagon. Octagon. Oct- a circle can kick octagon's ass. Let's step I... into the octagon and find out. No. Uh, so, based on some of the feedback I've gotten and some of the research I've read, uh, uh, Buck Bumble was definitely more popular in the UK. This game really... Or at least they were trying to make it more popular. It's, yeah, it's it really leans onto its UK-ness, which yeah. is so weird because it's a game about a bee. So you could be you could be mm-hmm. anywhere. But at the start of this game they're like a town in rural England 
And things are normal in the world. And you're like, well, then why are we in rural England if you're talking about the whole world? Like, yeah. why? <laughs> everything's like, everything's or, or, normal in... A regular day on Earth. Zoom in to rural England. Exactly. Like, are we talking about Earth or are we talking about England? Well, I mean, you're, we're you're just in a... talking about one specific garden. Yeah. yeah, very, very specific. Like, it's a kind of microcosm, which isn't even a bad idea, but, like, it's just an interesting idea that it's... Yeah, but all your character... No, no characters in this talk. No, um, no. There's no delightful British accents or anything like that. And it, it feels like they only specified that it was in England because it was, you know, an English developer. Right, yeah. right. But they were definitely pushing it over there to the point that uh, the... Excuse me. In the UK, they had an exclusive peripheral called the Buck Bumble Pack, which is a uh, exclusive rumble pack that's painted uh, with yellow and black B stripes, and you could only get it at two different uh, British gaming stores, Dixon's and Curry's. And I think only one of those exists now. Uh, British writer or British listeners, let us know. Be it, it came uh, it came with a bowler cap when you bought it. Hello, <laughs> welcome to Dixon's. How do? Yeah. Might I stiffen your upper lip for you? It's looking a bit lack there, boy. Shine your cartridge, governor. <laughs> We're losing all of our listeners in the Wait, UK. Wait, are all of our listeners in the UK? <laughs> no, all of our UK listeners. Oh, We're losing few. all of them. All That's two good. of them. Stick around, guys. Uh, so following the footsteps of Star Fox 64, this was definitely developed with the Rumble Pack in mind. But of course, we didn't really play it with the Rumble Pack very much because we don't play with the Rumble Pack very often. Oh, it's just dude. kind of like... You need a lot of AAA batteries handy. Yeah. Uh, the Rumble Pack just makes the controller weird and unwieldy. Yeah, it puts all your weight down low. Well, it's and like it, you got something sagging down there. And if you're, nobody if you're, likes to sag. If you're used to the haptic feedback in like a PlayStation 4 controller... Ooh, haptic feedback. Oh, yeah. Big, big vocab. Yeah, you write that one down. Yeah, if you're used to that in the PlayStation 4 controller... Like the one on the Rumble Pack feels very feeble. It's like when you can hear the things jangling around in it, it doesn't feel quite right. Yeah, it's just like this very listless little shake, like like a toddler's trying to get your attention or something. It's like ah, pay attention to me instead of playing Buck Bumble. And, Dad. Yeah, and the feedback is not like very evenly distributed. Like no. sometimes things will just make the whole controller rumble like crazy, and other things like you don't notice at all. It's also right. super awkward for games where I, I think this game was one of them where you have to use the controller pack to yeah. save. Yep. So you and would so you have, have to switch the rumble pack for the controller pack, and that's just a pain. It's very strange. But I think the reason that this game has endured in any sense at all is because of its music, and that's why it's become kind of a meme lately. Uh, uh, so it's, um, according to Know Your Meme, there was a brief trend of musicians and vloggers kind of making mashups <laughs> of the theme song in here. Now, the theme song in this that I was kind of alluding to in the beginning, uh, it's this very, like, Techno-y, like bumping kind of uh, uh, very British house music. The guy, the guy, the singer sounds like the lead singer from the Specials. Yeah, a little nice. bit, a little bit. Uh, and it, it's it's just kind of the repetitive lyrics. So it's kind of halfway between this earworm and like kind of a banger. I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of great, but it's, it's really fun. annoying. Um, so I don't know. There, I saw one mashup where uh, they had like something like three hundred thousand views on YouTube, where somebody made the Mario Brother or the Mario World theme song with lyrics from Buck Bumble. Nice. <laughs> he just like slowed it all down and it's uh, it's interesting. I saw like a uh, a lounge music cover of this song. Like people are having fun with this song and no one really remembers the game for anything beyond that, but they remember that song. Uh, the music in this game, I think we need to give credit, is by a guy named Justin Charvona, who was a young Argonaut employee at the time. Today, he's a studio musician, and he's played keyboard on tracks for people like uh, Leona Lewis, Katy Perry, and the Backstreet Boys. 
Um, the score was very heavily influenced by British House and Electronica, which in the late 90s in the UK was a booming scene. You know, the rave scene was very huge around that time. But you, I don't think you would, aside from the theme song that plays during the menu, I don't think you would notice that in-game. Um, I mean, it's there, it's just more subtle in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but subtle is not what I want from my British house music. Yeah, yeah subtle like... is the enemy of British house music. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You wanted if to you knock made, your if you monocle made two off. Two Venn diagrams, they would not be in the middle. Oh no, 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 no. They'd be different circles, which are better than octagons, incidentally. I'm standing on by that. <laughs> well, if we're gonna make the Venn diagram out of octagons. <laughs> <laughs> People just think we're making a honeycomb for Buck now Bumble you can to have crawl them on. Literally yeah. touching without overlapping. Okay, there we go. Which yeah. means we learn nothing. Yeah. <laughs> We've defeated the purpose of a Venn diagram. Yep, we don't need to learn anything from a Venn diagram. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, so this game has a plot, kind of. Um, so we open in the far-flung future year of 2010. Uh, and there's... How, how do you know this? How do you know it's in 2010? I read that online. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we're, we're trusting the internet. On yeah, this. trust the internet. It's never, ever never once wrong. been yeah. wrong. So it has a surprisingly detailed Wikipedia page. I, I always imagine when I get to these sort of subpar games that have the really detailed wikipedia pages that some old developer for the game was like you know my game was great and like why is the wikipedia page so trim and they right. go under and they're like the music was composed by this person the game sold moderately well but mostly in the new uk yeah and, you know we really appreciate these sad old developers going back it's very helpful for our show oh it's very helpful and i mean usually when i'm researching i will i'll start at wikipedia yeah. but i'll go to the links at the bottom and this one every single link was dead like, <laughs> <laughs> Every reference was dead because it's been 20 years since whoever wrote it. So, yeah, it, there wasn't a lot to go on. I mean, it's a detailed page, but there's still not a lot to go on. Not a on. lot past that Wikipedia yeah. page. So we learned that uh, in this year, 2010, there uh, uh, we are in a idyllic little British village in the countryside. And we go to a chemical factory. Idyllic, right next to the chemical factory. Right next to the chemical that factory. That had a horrible spill. Which feels like if this was a more fleshed out world, that could be like a commentary of some yeah. kind. You know, like they have this beautiful countryside with this big noxious chemical factory. Yeah. It's turning all the insects into mutants. Which is what's happening. So, uh, so there's a chemical spill, and all the insects are turning mutated, and uh, uh, they form a, the herd. They her- form the herd, not the horde, which would have made more sense, I think, or the swarm, yeah, something the like swarm that. Swarm would have been would've good. made more sense. Herd is for cattle, uh, but all these this herd of bugs <laughs> is uh, trying to overthrow the world. I think they get some. Uh, well, they're trying. I think they're just trying to overthrow the insect kingdom. They're trying oh, to become no, no. king they, of the insects. They want the whole world. Okay. They well, according the to the the game, you're going by internet canon. I'm going by just what was in the opening cut. If the if all the bugs in the world mobilize, we wouldn't stand a chance. That's true. I think they could do it. Like, but that they would be would a terrifying a, movie. Oh yeah, like, all the just, bugs in the world. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, I'm I'm writing this down actually. I want to I want to write this movie. So I'm uh, trying to remember. I feel like back in the '90s there was like some big news things about BP oil spills, and maybe that had some influence on this game. Oh, could have. I mean, I know the big BP oil spill was like in 2006 or seven. Okay. Uh, so that was well beyond this, but. Um... There were multiple, well, like... Yeah, I mean, it'd be like Exxon Valdez and stuff like this. And the 90s were the time when we were mostly concerned about toxic waste. Yeah. Like, that was a big Yeah, this, this game the has 90s. the same origin story as Swamp Thing. Right, yeah, or Toxic Avenger, or yeah. any of these things, like, Teenage because... Teenage Turtles. Yeah. yeah, really, it's just, just add toxic waste, and you've got, like, characters all of a sudden, you know? And that some of those characters include our hero, Mr. Buck Bumble, who, according the... to the Wikipedia page, volunteered to get cybernetic upgrades. Now, I'm it, not sure if there's a super, super smart... Yeah, it's super weird like yeah. they tell us the origins of the enemy herd that are mm. all transformed and then they just say you play as buck bumble who sets out to destroy them but who set 
who enlists him. Yeah. Like, they don't give you any information about who the good insects are. Yeah, there's just a, he, there's like, a resistance. Is by the military of, like, England? Well, and, like, and I th- that would be awesome, actually. That would be the great. The opening cutscene had like M M I six, or like, like he's R A F or something. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. coming in and be like, like, Mr. Bumble, the six million dollar man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we can re- we can re re uh, be build him. Yeah, um. we can be build him. <laughs> we can make him be better. Yeah, uh, yeah, that'd be great. He's just like <laughs> he's all haggard, like in the beginning, and just like smoking a cigarette and drunk, and he's like, "Come on, we need you out of retirement." He's like, and that's that is a real you. You know, this game is a game, a story of missed opportunities. Because we can all, we can all get behind the premise of a cybernetic bee that shoots lasers. Ten thousand percent. That's that's yeah, awesome. Like, this game I mean, has it. a great cover picture. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, everything about this game is great up until you start playing it. And I think like, all of us, every one of us, had like something for every element of the game. We're like, all right, here's one thing we can add that would fix this yeah. game. And uh, and eventually we start adding all of those up, and there are a lot of things we needed so, to do to the, fix yeah, the game. So I would love if there was some cutscenes with some dialogue, like if he could talk, if there was some dialogue that really leaned into the goofiness yeah. of this. But there, no one talks. Um, there's just no real personality here. I mean, he's got a little voice, like he's yeah, he goes, goes, Ow. Ow. stuff. Yeah, so he doesn't say all that though. He no, no, goes, no. Ow! He says "ow" or, or he he explodes, and he does a weird little creepy giggle, like in the multiplayer when he comes back to life. He goes, "I'm alive." Yeah, he doesn't say all that, but still. Yeah, so this is essentially family-friendly RoboCop. Uh, but, yeah, like I said, I, I want to like know... you're really undercutting RoboCop there. Oh, yeah, no. But, I mean, I, I would like a little more flesh that world because, like, it's not just the bees against all the other enemies because you're fighting other bees, too. Right, exactly. Yeah, so, so like, why is he the good side? It's just not... Yeah, so many yeah. things are not explored. I, I think he's on the human side. I think that's what it is. You think that's okay. it? You think, you think the, he was the, enlisted by the humans, yeah. huh? Yeah. Okay, I was kind of under the impression that all of this was happening below the humans' uh, uh, purview. Like, they didn't understand, they didn't know that this was going on because we're in, like, a microcosm kind of thing. And, and then, but it, it was just going to escalate bigger and bigger until they <laughs> took over the world. Well, and that's another thing. Let's let's branch into the graphics here a little yeah. bit because I think one thing that this game could have capitalized on is that everything is happening at this really small scale. And I, so it would have been a lot cooler to see there's like sometimes you see a bench yeah and that's like the extent i would have loved to have seen more design where it felt like you're around someone's garden and so there's like rock sculpture or um maybe you see i don't know i guess it's a lot of work to like animate a human but like a foot comes down at some point and like someone walks across as an obstacle yeah a more Um, a more lived in garden would have helped because it's i mean you have the green grass and you have the flowers and everything but otherwise you're kind of in a brick courtyard um, With an and occasional water spigot. Occasional water spigot. Yeah, lots of water spigots on this chemical factory. Yeah, and we uh, could tell when you say the demo mode at the beginning of the game, these down in some like sewer or uh, maybe it's a chemical factory tube, something yeah, like that. Yeah, I think that. it's going into but, the where the chemical factory is. Yeah. But again, that's not quite the interesting. Yeah, I want to see the environment of like our regular world, but from the bee perspective. I really like the idea of this idyllic English countryside, and there's this strange sci-fi battle for supremacy going on between the blades of grass. Like, I like that idea, and this just doesn't feel, like, very lived in, you know? Yeah. It doesn't feel like uh, they're they're exploring the opportunities of this premise. Yeah, like that first um, level where you just, like, it's like, you go through a teleporter to get somewhere, and it's like, you fly for a little bit, then there's absolutely nothing living in there. Then you get to a teleporter... 
and then it's like, okay, now you're in a new area. It's like, yeah. what was the point? Well, of that yeah, why did we go area? through the first area? Right. Well, let's talk a little bit about what this game is. So essentially, it's an aerial shooter. Uh, you play as Buck and you fly around. You kind of control like a helicopter, I guess would be the closest thing. But like one yeah, of sorta. one of the many bullet points we kept adding to it is like this would f- this game would feel great if you could move around in like a three D space, like in Forsaken sixty four. <sighs> But you can't really. You can only go if you want to go up. You have to go forward. Yeah. So what I I think what the way the controls in this game work is that holding A makes you go forward, and you have to aim up or down. I think what I would have wanted was yeah to be able to move in all directions with the stick and Mm -hmm. use A and B to go up or down. Right. Yeah. Um. To increase the elevation because yeah, it makes it super hard to shoot anyone. Um. Because if they're above you, you essentially have you can't aim high enough, so you have to go forward and up to try and match their elevation. But then they're behind you, right? And it really is not much fun. No, the reason I I was excited and had high hopes for Buck Bumble is because what I thought it was was a B skin cheapo knockoff of Star Fox sixty four. Not at all. Not really. And no. That, yeah. I, and I feel like if it was that. I'm not saying it would be as good as Star Fox 64, no. but if it was just a cheapo knockoff where you went through these simple levels, your character kept moving forward, and you get like, you know, you collect points from flowers and dudes, you know, different bugs are coming at you, mm. I think it would be really cool. It yeah. Might, yeah, and I think it would be sort of a cult classic game as opposed to just sort of a weird meme. Weirdly, I think the closest analog I can think of to this game is like, Something like uh, Twisted Metal or Vigilante yes, 8. I, it feels like a car combat game. It like does a, a little bit, but game. I feel like the closest thing to it is actually Rogue Squadron. Okay. I yeah, you think, yeah, too. yeah. And I, I actually have not played Rogue Squadron. More, so Rogue, so, yeah, Rogue yeah. Squadron is like a good version of this. Or, yeah, yeah it's definitely, play, it's it's like a flight simulator right. that the physics and mechanics don't work work very well. And it's just like no. how the, each, each level starts with a mission briefing. It's like you have spe- specific objectives to accomplish in each mission. Yeah, so it could so. be destroy all the enemies in the section, or it could be, like, uh, drag a bomb from one place to another, or set off an explosive, or yeah. find a key, or things destroy like that. Destroy a certain, like, structural thing. Yeah. You get 19 missions total. Buck gets 11 different weapons, uh, which is pretty pretty robust selection for a game like this. Uh, you get the pistol, the magnum, the shotgun, the spreader grenades, machine gun, homing Tesla missile, EMP cannon, stun gun, laser blaster, guided rocket launcher, and homing missile launcher. You gotta use all of those at the same time, and you're a B. Uh, yeah, 19 missions total, like I said, with their own goals. Um, yeah, yeah. So it is kind of like hel- helicopter controls because you can make Buck hover by pressing. Well, the B he just button. floats. He doesn't. He doesn't fall naturally. Right. Well, see, it, that's the thing. If you're not pressing that B button, he's going to be constantly drifting downwards. Oh, okay. Okay. Like, uh, so you do need to hover a bit, but like, uh, I think that's the closest thing to control. But you do get some tricks. You can do loop de loops or barrel rolls and things like that by pressing the R and L buttons, um, which is fine. Uh, yeah, the controls are a problem. Yeah. Uh, because not because like I think they they mapped it out as logically as they can. Like I don't have a problem with the controller layout or anything, but that stick is so sensitive. Yeah. It's you're constantly fighting to stay on track. Um, well, and what you're gonna do since you're you're an insect and you're fighting as other insects, everything is super duper small. Yeah, and I guess I mean I guess that sort of I mean that makes sense from a quote unquote realistic standpoint. Sure, but it makes everything super hard to hit, and it makes it like you just fly past guys so quickly, and then you have to turn around and figure out where to see them. And the fog is decently bad in this game that you have to get kind of close before you can see them at all. 
So um, the fog didn't distract me too terribly much. And you know I'm a fog, like, anti-fog yeah. person. Like, I have a big problem with it. But yeah, in this one, I could from see... from dance clubs to dance clubs, like, ripping out their fog machines. Oh, yeah, yeah. Get yeah. out of here. Get out of here, fog machines. Um, yeah, so I, I, this didn't bother me that much because I could see enough forward to kind of gauge where I was going. Like, they, you, it, it, the draw distance was okay. And, I mean, the environments are pretty small, so... <clears throat> And if you're supposed to look like a kind of a polluted chemical factory, then I guess it makes sense sure. you'd have some smoke and fog and run there. So but that, yeah, it's that really didn't annoying, bother me like, too for much. Power ups too. You'll so oh, often yeah. you'll be like, oh, there's a gun or points down there, and you'll fly right past it, and then there's no backup button, so you have to sort of go farther forward and try and spin around. Yeah, and, and then there's like the problem with some power ups and points and stuff look clearly like pickups, and then the one item that's for health. We didn't even realize it was a health item until we did the tutorial mission after. Oh, yeah. You're supposed to be getting nectar that's dripping off the flowers. Also very small and hard to see. Very small. Yeah, you couldn't... I wouldn't have noticed. Like It I looks was like it's part of the environment because yeah. all the power-ups have like this sort of... Like an aura. Glowy, yeah. Yeah. This glowy hue. I wish that real life had that. Like, um, right? When you like, when there was food somewhere or something, it just sort of glowed and you're like, Wait, oh, there's food over there. that doesn't happen? Uh, I not, don't know what food you've us. been eating, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> I got some bad news for you. He only eats things with auras. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> I mean, I think it would have been really nice if some of the items were like magnetically attracted to you in yeah, some way yeah, like they pulled nice. in you well, got that, close enough and it pulls in i wish that the bullets were magnetically attracted to the enemies man i stuff. if ever a game needed a lock-on feature yeah. buck bumble is it because it is hard to hit anybody at any time like i i wish i was able to strafe or do something like i mean i guess you yeah. can strafe a little bit when mm. you're hovering but not no no you can't no no you're can't. still because you're aiming with the stick yeah, yeah. right yeah so yeah you really can't and um that's a bummer because I feel like the this kind of game would be fun. Like I didn't yes. have a problem with what they were trying to do, but they just kind of botched the execution. And again, that's that's one more thing I toss out. Like let's say, yeah, we need a lock on feature in this. We need to be able to go backwards in this. We need to be able to yeah, do all just this. Just make it easy on yourself, guys. Just rip off Star Fox sixty four. Yeah, they they know what they're doing and just like reskin it as a B. Or like, just like rip yeah. off Banjo Kazooie, do do that part. That that B section controlled fine. Make it kind of half a platformer, you know. And but you uh, don't shoot any lasers in that. You do shoot stingers, I think, right? Don't oh you? yeah, you yeah, yeah, you yeah do. I think you shoot stingers. I don't remember exactly. I haven't it's played that level in a while. Oh god, what else? So uh, oh yeah, another annoying thing we notice is that your life bar carries over from level to level. <laughs> so if you barely scrape through the first level, which is likely because this game is really hard because it's hard to control. <laughs> Um, yeah, so you'll, if your life bar is at barely nothing, then it's going to start the next level at barely nothing. So you can get hit once and die. And then when you die, it still comes back to that barely nothing. Yeah, right. it comes back to the level that you, st- the, the amount of they health started you started in which is insane. Granted, this is before we knew what the health item pickup looked like. Still. Still. That is insane. Yeah, and, and you're not exactly clear on what's going to kill you or not. Like, I flew too close to a yellow and black flower, and that blew up and killed me. Yeah. Like, my, char- my character flew into, a fl- like, a piece of grass. Yeah. And he was like, ow! And like, it stopped Bleh. him. And I'm like, surely, B, I have seen you. I have seen your kind in real life. And they have flown through pieces of grass and has not stopped them. Yeah. And you are a cybernetic bee. Yeah, this, unless this is... 
metal parts. Unless so. this is like chemically reinforced grass or something, which is possible. Who knows? Yeah. Let's just Maybe assume it's AstroTurf. Everything. It could be AstroTurf. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't think that's what AstroTurf is, Jeremy. I don't think that AstroTurf is like hard it's, spikes. No, it's, I mean, from, I mean, it's, it's from space. Yeah. AstroTurf came from... It's stuff that grew off a meteor. <laughs> and people just like... Meteors hit suburban land, landscapes a lot. Uh, what did you guys think of the graphics in the game uh, beyond the fog? Like... I don't know. I I thought I kind of liked the color palette. I think yeah. it was a nice bright color. I like the heavy use of yellow. And, I think uh, Buck himself looks good. He kind of looks cute. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's I, a little bumblebee. Yeah, I think everything looked good. It was just very sparsely populated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's really cast into relief when we talk about the multiplayer section, which I, I suppose we can talk about the multiplayer section. Or, yeah, there's a training mode. We went back and did the training mode a little bit, and that I mean, sheds light yeah. on a little, a little a couple tutorial. Of fly from here to here, kill all the enemies here, um, and we learned that we were not missing too much aside from the health pickups. Yeah, yeah, which which was nice to know um, for sure. Because um, all right, so let's talk about the multiplayer. There are two different multiplayer modes in this. One is just called uh, Buck Battle, and the other one is called Buzz Ball. So let's start with Buck Battle. That is our basic deathmatch mode. It's the single-player version of Buck Bumble, except you're pitted against one other person in a very large, empty space where it's hard to see anything. Yeah, so this is a two... It's only a two-player max game. Mm. And imagine, if you will, two bees. Bees or are not small. two bees. Yeah, no, no, two bees. No, do do, do no. yes, two bees. Wait, okay. what, what is what was the question? <laughs> um, okay, imagine two bees. <laughs> nice. They're very small. They're flying around. It's imagine you're using one bee to try and shoot the other bee. They're so small. They're so fast. It's basically impossible. If yeah. if unless both players agree that they're going to try and end this match quickly, it will never end. Right. Unless you get very lucky and they don't realize you're behind them. Yeah, that's the true. the fun way to do this is kind of like old west style. You stand on either side of the central aisle. You're being and very you generous hold still. with your term "fun." Well, I mean, but, the more fun version okay. of this, the less terrible like, way to do it. Because all right, so say I was playing, I went through, I found a machine gun power up, which was doing a lot of damage to Jeremy. But then Jeremy just escaped into the fog, ran around, collected all the nectar droplets, and came back just as strong. And then finally, the only way I was able to kill you is because you stood still long enough for me to blast you so we right. can move yeah, on. Yeah, it's the vigilante ate better with the, the control stick than I was. So you could I mean, and even then it was all luck because I'm not... It's so imprecise because the, the reticle wants to keep snapping back to center and you're fighting it the entire time. And when it's controlling your aim and your movement, it's just really hard to line all that yeah, up. It's yeah, it's the vigilante ape problem of you can only shoot in the same direction that you're moving. So if you actually want to hit someone... You both basically have to stand still and just hold the trigger until one of you dies. Yeah, it's real bad. It's it's worse than Star Fox sixty four multiplayer. Oh uh, no, like, no question. Which was also not great. Yeah, but like, Star Fox at least had the lock on for charge. And, and yeah, Star Fox controls ten trillion times better. It's true. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah absolutely. And, and that was four player. Right. Yeah, so. yeah, definitely. Because Star Fox, if you play with only two players. That takes forever. Yeah. Too. Yes, yeah. you're right. Two player Star Fox is pretty terrible. You know, and I understand the two player mode mentality. I understand what they were doing because they wanted it to run fairly smoothly, which I think it, it does. It ran fine. Yeah. But but it does ask get... the essential question of your mode that is no fun runs clear like smoothly. Yeah. So what's the point? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it does the same thing that uh, Quake did with its multiplayer, where you have like really you only have a quarter of the screen because right. you, it's like. Split screen, top and bottom, and then the screen is cut in half with, like, stats and, like, yep. who's winning so far. So, you know, they keep the screen nice and small so it moves at a good clip. But, again, 
not much reason to play this. Uh, they wildly overestimated how fun it was to fly around this big empty space. Uh, yeah, this definitely... You could possibly get a little more enjoyment out of this if you had more people and more, uh, or maybe a little less right, space. But that's not even an option. It's not even an option. Yeah, two or, is your max. I feel like um, the, the the mode that might be the most fun in this, um, which doesn't even exist, but um, would be like a race <laughs> flying through rings. Yeah. Yeah. Because that would have been a much better. Like a Superman 64 thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it worked so great in that game. It was great. It's everyone's favorite. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, So the other uh, multiplayer game we played was Buzzball, and this is basically Rocket League. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Write write your local senator. Yeah. Tell them um, that... Um, Argonaut game did it first. Um, and yeah. they'll be like, what, what the hell is this letter? They're like, <laughs> we have real problems to deal with right now. You are aware there are children in detention centers. Yes, why are you <laughs> yeah. writing me about Rocket League? Yes. Uh, yeah, it, it's... Yeah, Rocket uh, League is a huge hit. And this is the second game we played that's a Rocket League knockoff. What was the other one? Uh, wasn't one of our Monster Truck games? Didn't they have a Rocket League Oh, yeah. League mode? Monster, Monster, Monster Truck Madness had well, uh, a similar the, mode. The bottom game of our <laughs> bottom, list. Bottom game on both of our lists. It did have a Rocket League mode. So wait, are we saying that bad games have Rocket League? I yeah. guess so. Does yeah. that mean that Rocket League is bad game? Uh, no, I do. Let's play the tape back. I think it does. Pretty, pretty sure it means it's bad. Yeah. 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 Sorry, everyone who likes it. You're wrong. Um, um, yeah, but... Uh, so, okay, if we're going by that metric, I'm going to say this, this, uh, Rocket League is worse than regular Rocket League, but better than Monster Truck Rocket oh, yes. League. Um, <laughs> I feel like the main issue with this one was the, uh, the ball physics were pretty zany. They're nuts. It's a, it's the bounciest soccer ball in the land. And it's, and that land is the moon, apparently, yeah. Yeah, because exactly. it takes a long time for everything to fall to the ground. Like, it's it's strange to think that the biggest problem we were having was losing the ball that was the size of a house. Yeah, yeah. Like that was our biggest issue is we kept losing sight of the gigantic ball. It would bounce too high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so you you again, it's only two players, you're each set um at, you know facing the opponent's goal and the ball drops down in the middle and you can either run into it or shoot it um to knock it into your opponent's goal. Right. And yeah, aside from the bouncy ball, this is good, okay in concept, but what it, it has the same problem as the deathmatch mode. The space is too wide open, yeah. and there are only two players. If this was your Rocket League 2v2, it would be improved immensely. Absolutely. But luckily, your target, the ball, is much bigger than the other B. Yes. So it is better than the yes, Buck Battle. because it's easier way to easier hit, to hit. But also, like less consistent like i found it if i was hitting it with just my standard stun gun then barely moves but if you find any of the other weapons lying around like it's all rocket launchers and it makes it go crazy like you hit it once and it goes way across the other side and then you lose sight of it so it was very hard to get a goal um bumping into it didn't really seem to do much it kind of steers in the direction and you just can't maneuver around the ball fast enough to stop it even when it's going so slow which now that i think about it may be why it's so slow because they were trying to compensate and let you catch up catch up it's definitely like a mode that you know i could see having potential if it got um you know polished up and you know what somebody did polish up and it was called rocket league and it Mm -hmm. was hugely successful way better um yeah in rocket league you can fly around um rocket league doesn't have any ability to shoot stuff but um on yeah honestly it was surprisingly close to rocket league um just you know you have to play buck bumble where you do it oh, i also really like the theory that they knew they wanted this soccer game this soccer mini game in it so they're like hmm well how will they buy that there's soccer in this world we better make it set in england <laughs> yeah, it's the whole it's the whole reason yeah. On, only country where they play soccer yep um, or football. Or football, as they call it in England. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they love their football. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, what else do you guys have to say about Buck Bumble? 
Um, not a whole lot. I mean, right about now, it's time to rock. This is with uh, Biggity Buck Bumble. This, I think I was the only one that's played this game before. Yeah, played I think it so. today. Yeah, and I maybe it, ever. I yeah. gave it. I gave it a serious try, uh-huh. and I probably made it to the fifth or sixth level before I just got frustrated with the controls too much to continue. That's the thing. Yeah, the, you're you're fighting the game every step of the way. I think, and if they just like. It, it's so frustrating to watch like the just couple of little design choices they could have made to make this really fun and enjoyable, and uh, they just didn't quite get there. Um, well, let's move on to our rankings. I think we've uh, said all we can say about Buck Bumble. So each week we rank the games that we just played and add it to an ongoing list. Uh, Jeremy, why don't you start us off? You have a smaller list than we do. So right now your whole list consists of, from top to bottom, Hybrid Heaven, Bomberman 64, The Second Story, Bomberman 64, International Superstar Soccer 64, and then Superstar Soccer 20, and ISS 98. I'm not going to keep saying that the whole time. because Wait, I, that, we had played the International Space Station game? The 98 version, yeah. Oh, we sure yeah. did. Were you not here for that? No, oh, I missed that one. It was great. You I can mean, simulate peeing into a bag through a catheter. <laughs> well, we did that in Buck Bumble. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's where um, it went. So, I'm going to put this right below the best of the soccer games okay okay so you split the soccer no yeah Yeah. i uh because the soccer games are very competent and stuff sure um but but i appreciate what this game tried to do yeah whereas the the two lower soccer games that i have on there uh were the later ones and didn't try to do anything new okay yeah that's the thing with sports games like you really you're only liking one of them like or you're really yeah that's only only one of them matters yeah so uh the first soccer game it beats out buck bumble because it was actually playable and good whereas this one's better than the later soccer games because it tried to do something yeah no yeah for sure go ahead um yeah this i was i was disappointed in this i was i was pretty stoked to come buck with buck bumble Mm. bickety buck Buck Bumble. Yeah, don't make any buck with him. Yeah. Um, that don't was, forget to boom that bass. <laughs> um, and so I'm putting it at number 115. Okay. Which is wow, pretty low. right ahead of, uh, right above uh, Bassmaster 2000. Okay. Um, it, yeah, I, I also liked what it was trying to do. I think there needs this needs to be, we got asked last week about games that should be remade. Yeah, um, this would be a good contender. This would be a good contender. Um the concept is good. Mm-hmm. Um, execution is not good. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, as as usual, we're kind of on the same page, but I scored it higher. Uh, <laughs> I'm putting this as my new number. Where? Oh, I lost it. What was I going to do? Oh, yeah. I was going to do my new number 81. So that's going to go below Wipeout 64 and above Duke Nukem 64. Uh, I think this one gets a lot of points for me on personality. Um it's it's got a charming idea and uh, I like the little character and I like some of the graphics but yeah it's and you way, love that theme song love that theme song man yeah it's got that and like just the fact that it's got such good music and it's got such a fun theme song means that like a little bit of work and a little bit of thought and effort went into it which is more than you could say for a lot of the games we played it's true but yeah it's just too many frustrating missteps uh, and it's just not very fun to play if you're struggling with it all the time yeah yeah cartoon. Rule number one of your cartoony B game who shoots lasers and mm-hmm. has cannons should be fun. I hope everyone's taking that down. Yeah, you should right, be able to. This is going to be on the test. I want to see a lot more of these types of games. Let yeah. me tell you right now. 
Well, very cool. Well, we have uh, one letter to read this Excellent. week, uh, correcting us on some uh, casino knowledge. So um, I appreciate that. We should do. We should say more factually incorrect things to get more people to write in. Oh, absolutely. But okay. that also might cause people to stop listening. No, oh. no, you don't know how the internet works. Jeremy. Oh no, no, they're here to correct us. Yeah. No, we appreciate it. Bumblebees uh, are mammals, right? They definitely are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They they lay eggs, so that's, they have to be. That's right. Yeah. Uh, hey, Stephen Wooding. Hey. I uh, just thought I'd give you some more info about the Golden Nugget Casino in Vegas. Yep. The Golden Nugget is in downtown Vegas, a few miles away from the Strip. So downtown is a row of casinos and tacky gift shops along Fremont Street. So most of the casinos there are older and smaller than the ones in the Strip. So if you don't want to walk far to get anywhere, that'd be a good place to stay. Downtown is a long line of curved screens over the street where they show music videos and shows every night. The Golden oh. Nugget is the biggest hotel in downtown and takes uh. up a block along Fremont Street. It has 2,000-something rooms. Uh, when I stayed there, it was the only hotel in downtown with enough space to have a pool. The biggest hotel in Vegas is the MGM Grand on the Strip with over 6,800 rooms. Holy cow. Which makes it the third biggest hotel in the world. The hotels on the Strip are a lot bigger and newer than ones in downtown and tend to have more land to build. Huge hotels, malls, and gimmicks like the replica Eiffel Tower, the Stratosphere with carnival rides a 1,000 feet in the air, or a roller coaster around them like New York, New York. Hope you found some of that interesting, and thanks for the podcast, Thomas. And that is coming from Thomas, I assume, uh, the head of tourism in Vegas. <laughs> That's um, right. <laughs> didn't, didn't indicate, but uh, no, I appreciate that, yeah, because... I never really knew what you referred to that other because like there's a strip and there's like an old strip you know and yeah. I think the Golden Nugget is part of the old strip. right and we we were sort of not clear last time on I was like oh Golden Nugget's the biggest casino in Vegas which not true no but... it's the biggest <laughs> casino in that part yeah. of Vegas though that's that's uh, that's not bad I feel like so... that's the part of Vegas that also has like all the pawn shops and stuff yeah like pawn <laughs> it's a pawn district in... <laughs> that's a, yeah right? there's a lot of pawn yeah. shops in Vegas yeah. yeah this is composed of two major industries gambling and pawning things for more gambling. Well, three sexy vampires. Okay. If what you pay attention alcohol? to. How much no. will you give me Vegas for breweries? this sexy vampire themed vodka bottle? Yes, uh, I will give you five dollars. Okay. Uh, but yeah, but um, we, one of the stupidest souvenirs I ever bought. I'm very proud of it. Is we got a, a cup from the Paris Hotel. Um, and they sell it kind of shaped like that big balloon, like the, uh, the, I forget what it's called in Paris, but like there's a big balloon shaped thing. And, uh, we were drinking like a really shitty, like sugary cocktail out of it. And then we kept the bowl, which now holds dog treats. But every time somebody comes by, they ask, why do you have that balloon that says penis on it? <laughs> because it says Paris in like a text, like a font that looks like it says penis, like very clearly. So we had, we uh, had an initial concept for our dog's name uh-huh, and yeah. then that idea got shot down it was taken by a hotel in vegas so sorry penis the dog yeah not gonna happen uh well thank you everybody for listening i forgot to announce it when it happened but uh, congratulations to listener robert patrick who won our legend of zelda ocarina of time contest and as a result he won a very lovely uh vinyl copy of the soundtrack by koji kondo thank you so much to everybody who participated in that contest we love doing those and uh keep an eye out for those in the future uh, so thank you guys both very much for uh, Bickety being here. Uh, really appreciate it. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, be sure to tune in next week. All right, we've got a weird combination next week, but it's going to make sense when you hear it. So we're playing two games that are Power Stone ripoffs okay. based so on far. popular cartoon licenses. Sounds good. And they're both made by the same developer. So it kind of makes sense to lump these together, but it's also, it seems weird on paper. But the two games we're going to be playing are Tom and Jerry Fists of Furry, and Powerpuff Girls Chemical Extraction, both awkwardly named, 
fighting games based around popular cartoon characters of the era. I so saw, tune in for that I one. I saw a video on the internet once called Fists of Fury. Oh, yeah. No, don't click on that link. No, okay. Or you can click on the link. I'm not going to shame you over that. Thank you. That's very cool. Anyway, everybody, uh, we will uh, see you next time with a couple of beat-em-up cartoony games. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, right about now, it's time to end the show about Buck Bumble. Buck Bumble. Buck Bumble. Boom to the 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 boom what about now? It's time to rock with the big kid, dear Buck Bumble. What about now? It's time to rock with the big Buck Bumble. What about now? It's time to rock with the big kid, dear Buck Bumble. What about now? It's time to rock with the big Buck Bumble. Bumble, Buck Bumble, big kid, dear Buck. Bumble, Buck Bumble, big kid, dear Buck. Bumble, Buck Bumble, big